Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a TSR Live exclusive episode 109. I'm your host, Isaac Simpson, and you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. Again, that number is Isaac. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Uh, happy to be here with you today. Joining me here on the program, look, we just lost him. Um, we're supposed to be joined by Navy head coach Ian Niamatololo. Um, Memphis takes on Navy Next Thursday at the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, a big AAC West class. Uh, this hasn't been the funnest series for for Memphis as Memphis has, has really struggled one and three in this series since joining the the AAC. Uh, but joining me here on the program now, Coach Ken Diamatololo, the Navy Midshipman. Coach, how are you? Hold on one moment. <laughs> yeah, try to get connected with Coach here. Oh, interesting music. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a, a big game. Uh, as you say, the Tigers are sitting at at three and zero. I think we're going to find out a lot about this Tiger team coming up next week as they take on Navy again. Uh, that triple option is is a beast to deal with. But coach Coach Adam Fuller's defense has been much improved this year. I think fifth in the nation right now in overall defense. Uh, so it, it's 
it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's a big matchup for both teams, <coughs> and should just should be interesting. Coach, are you there? I am here. Yeah, Coach Ken Niamatololo joining me here on the DSR line, line phone line. Uh, well, Coach Memphis and, and, and they will get together uh, for this Big West West Division class on next Thursday out at the Liberty Bowl. But before we discuss that, I got to say, I, I have so much respect for the student athletes at, at the military academies. A couple years ago, I was talking with Pete Medhurst, Navy play-by-play voice, and he was telling me about what these guys have to go through on a daily basis. Now, walk us through a typical day for, for one of your players. Well, they, you know, they wake up early like any other, you know, student. You know, you got early morning, uh, you got breakfast in the morning, uh, you got classes um, up until lunchtime. I think the difference is, um, you know, just the kind of the kind of classes that they're taking. But all morning during classes, uh, they'll have lunch, and after lunch we'll have football meetings. And then in the afternoon they might have maybe one more class, and then around. Um, Three o'clock, they start heading down to the football office, getting ready, and we practice from four to six. Uh, and after that, they go back. They might have a military requirement, then uh, dinner. They study at night, and then they start all over the next day. Yeah, man, that, that, that's that's definitely a long day. Again, we're talking with head coach of the Navy Midshipman, Ken Niamatololo, here on TSR Live. Uh, like I said, it takes a, a special kind of person to have that commitment to excel in all three phases. When you're looking at looking at recruiting. How tough is that? Uh, you, how tough does that make you have to find guys that, uh, number one, that, that want to be in the military and, and can juggle doing military and school work, but also guys that, that are athletic enough that can, can can fit in with your football team? How, how tough does that make it when recruiting as opposed to other schools? Well, I think the thing about Isaac is we recruit nationwide. We just kind of feel throughout the nation there's enough good fo- football players that have good grades, uh, you know, that – Recognize the great opportunity of coming to the Naval Academy and how it sets you up for life. Obviously, you got to serve, and so there's got to be some, you know, there's got to be some patriotism, and it's got to be about exactly. more than just yourself. You know, you got to think about other people. You know, so that that gets. Um, but I think with the pool from all 50 states, um, you know, it's it's hard to get a guy that wants to go to the NFL. And, you know, those are his only yeah. aspirations. He's probably not going to come. But I think, you know, just with the size, the 50 states, there's, you know, we're able to find enough guys that, you know, fit into what we're looking for. Yeah, that, that is an interesting dynamic to because to, you, if you're going to go into the military, you've got to kind of have to balance it as far as you have pro football aspirations or, or fulfilling your military duties. That, that That is an interesting thing to kind of juggle there. Again, we're talking with Kia Niamatololo here on TSR Live. Uh, you go back to last season. Uh, you had a uh, you have a strong history of winning uh, as a head coach up there in, in Annapolis. You're going on 12 years at the helm with uh, an 89-58 overall record at the school. Uh, early in the season, things look promising, but you get to win over Memphis, obviously, in week two. Uh, but but kind of struggle down the stretch, finishing three and ten overall and two and six in AAC. What what do you think went wrong last season? Well, I did a bad job last year. You know, I, I did a I didn't do a very good job of. Uh, building team chemistry, um, you know, to win here we got you got to be a selfless group, and you know, just human nature for all of us. Uh, you know, just you know, everybody's you know what's in it for me, and our mantra has always been do your job. Um, and I just we were slightly off, and like I said, a major part of that was me. I, I just did a bad job of getting everybody on the same page. 
Hey, when, you, when you look at the triple option, um, how, how much of a competitive advantage do you think th- that gives you? So unorthodox is it's so different than, than what teams are, are used to playing with on a weekend against again in a weekend week out basis. How, how, what kind of competitive advantage does that give you? And on the other side of the spectrum, how uh, does, does that affect basically guys learning that system? How, how tough is? Well, definitely, you know, something we do just because, like you said, hopefully it gives us a an advantage. You know, you don't see it very often. And so it's not like, you know, the spread where you see that week in, week out. So yeah. hopefully just being unfamiliar with it, you know, helps us. It's not that defensive coordinators don't know what they're doing. It's just your kids don't see it week in and week out. Yeah. Now, we'll say with the, with all the RPO stuff, the zone read stuff, defensive ends are a lot, you know, uh, better at, you know, playing the surf technique, or, you know, keeping your shoulders square and, and squatting, where before, you know, before the advent of the zone read and stuff, guys are, you know, defensive ends, we're just used to getting up the field. And so it's definitely a big advantage for us, but I think that some of the transition and some of the techniques from different positions make it a little bit easier, but there is still some of an advantage just from from a standpoint you don't really see it week in and week out. Yeah, from a, from a football peer standpoint, I, I love it. I mean, it's just lining up and, and, and playing old school football. is kind of fun to watch, not, not when they're playing against Memphis, but it's fun, fun to watch against other teams when they pretty much know what's coming and they still can't stop uh, it. It's pretty pretty fun to watch. Um, but no mistake about it, and they just had the, the Tigers' number uh, since joining the AAC. The, the, the midshipmen are, are three and one in their four matchups against Memphis. Man, what's, what's been – uh, the, the advantage. What, what have you seen again in these games against Memphis? Because you guys are sure, sure been able to do a good job against against the Tigers over the last four, four or five years. Well, they've been battles. You know, all of them have been battles, and so you know, we've been able to play well against them. We have great respect for them. Have great respect for Coach Mike. You know, Mike Nova is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, it just, you know, we played well against them and. I, I don't know why, just, uh, you know, we've just been able to win. But we also recognize none of that has any bearing on this year. Nothing in the past has anything to do with this game and this season. So it's a new year, it's a new team, they're playing well, and, you know, we're going to have our hands full. Uh, senior Malcolm Perry opened last season as a starting quarterback, uh, rushed 105 times through five games, but, had a tough game against the Air Force and, and was moved back to that slot back position. Uh, he's back on the center this year and has been uh, fantastic uh, through two games, already rushing for 252 yards, seven touchdowns on 39 carries, and throwing for 254 yards and two more touchdowns. Talk about he's, how he's taking command of this offense since being named the starter again this season. Well, I think we've done a better job of helping him. You know, I just think just last year this – you know the op- option of maybe playing some slot and some of that stuff. He's, he's, you know, we we gave him the keys early. Uh, as soon as we got back from winter break, you know, in, in January, we you know named him our quarterback and built our offense around him and his skill set and what he likes to do, what he can do, and um, you know, we brought in uh, uh, some guy, uh, some other coaches, uh, you know, Coach Stutzman, some some guys to help him. In the past game, you know, Coach Jasper obviously is our offensive coordinator and quarterback coach yeah. and does the the best job of developing guys. And so hopefully with all of that, you know, we feel like we've seen some improvement, but he's doing a really good job of running our offense right now. 
Uh, Julian Nelson-Smith uh, returns as, as a starter at that all-important fullback position in the option. Uh, he's rushed uh, 29 times for 148 yards and three touchdowns so far this season. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on his play so far? He's playing well. You know, for us to be a play well, everything starts in the middle. And, you know, he's played really, really well for us. Run physical. Keeps people honest. You know, you can't just run out of there. You know, at linebacker and at you know the other positions, you got to stay there and on in the fullback. And um, when we can get the fullback going, it makes the rest of our offense work. Here we're talking with David Midshipman, head coach, Ken Niamatololo here on TSR Live. Uh, C.J. Williams has really been dynamic at that slot back position. Uh, averaged close to 12 yards per touch last season, and already has 208 yards and three touchdowns through two games. Uh, talk about what what he brings to your offense. Well, he's a smart football player, uh, complete, you know, good receiver, good blocker, good runner. And like I said, he's a smart football player. So, uh, you know, we're having another really good year. And we're going to need for him to play well against Memphis for us to have a chance. Uh, Defensive coordinator Dale Pearson retired after last season. You bring in Brian Newberry, who did a a fantastic job out of Kennesaw State. Uh, He's brought with him kind of a, a new scheme. And, only only a couple starters returning on your defense. Talk about Coach Newberry and what he's brought to the defense and, and your assessment of, of their play so far through the first two games. Well, he's doing exactly what you know, you know what I brought him in here for. You know, just over the off season, just looking at schematically things that I thought would give us a chance. Uh, you know, wanted some chaos with some organization. You know, wanted to be aggressive, but not you know. Um, uh, not from a standpoint where we just bring the kitchen and uh, you know the whole bring the whole kitchen sink and not be able to be safe. You know, there's times we'll do that, times we're safe. It's just the unpredictability of what we do is what I was looking for. Uh, but just also from a standpoint of unpredictability with analytics, there's some organization, there's some creativity to it. Just been really, really pleased to what with what we've done so far. Uh, when you look at your defense, who are some of the guys that that have kind of stood out? Again, like I said, only I think two two starters brought back from last season, so a lot of a lot of moving parts out there, a lot of new guys uh, out there starting. Talk talk about your defense a little bit. And some of the guys that that we might that might stand out next week. Well, you know, at the middle of our defense is Diego Fogo. You know, we, excuse me, we don't have often to have um, guys that size that here at the Naval Academy. You know, we got two inside linebackers that are 240-plus. And so, you know, to have guys that can move, they got some size, it helps us. But Diego's been playing really well for us. Uh, Nazir Cromartie on the edge is, you know, one of our our team captains, led, you know, done a great job for us. Jackson Pittman, a, you know, Tennessee kid. And Cameron Kinley, a, a, a Memphis kid at corner, you know, done a really good job yeah. along with um, our other corner, Mikey. McMorris, our safeties have played well. Uh, Alon Nash, Kevin Brennan, Evan Falkman. Uh So just you know, I'm just rambling, you know, just. But there's been quite a few guys that have done a lot of good things for us. Yeah, they they have been really. I've, I've watched two games and they've been really good, especially to be kind of transitioning into a, a new scheme and they got a lot of new guys out there. They they've really played well. Uh, but, and when you look at Memphis this year, it's kind of a a different situation down here. I'm not sure if we really know 
what this team is yet. Uh, we're so used to, to having that home run hitter type of guy and Daryl Henderson. He's gone. Tony Pollard, another dynamic player at, at the running back and wide receiver positions now with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it's kind of a different year. Uh, Patrick Taylor is expected to be that workhorse back. He's out. He's, of course, going to be out next Thursday as well. Uh, Kenneth Gamewell uh, is a guy who's really, really stepped in and, and played well, as well as Keelan Watson. Uh, it's been his backup since Patrick Taylor's been out. So we, we're not really sure. This team, you look at the game against Ole Miss, uh, the defense really carried Memphis, and that's something that we haven't seen in a long time here, uh, down, down here in Memphis, is the defense carrying a, a Tiger team. But that's kind of been the the, the MO of the scene. The defense is, is, is kind of ahead of the offense, and it's always been the opposite of that over the last several years. Uh, but but when you look on film, what, what, what have you seen about this Memphis team? Because it, it is kind of a, a different team than, than you're probably used to facing. Well, it's like I said, you know, familiar with a lot of guys on defense and maybe not as familiar with some of the skilled guys on offense, you know, I said in the backfield. But to me, it's kind of like you just switch the numbers and, you know, they, they look the same. It's just super athletic. They can run physical and fast, you know, and just um, they look pretty good in the last couple of weeks on offense to me. <laughs> so, um <laughs> You know, you know, Ole Miss is a good team, and it was a defensive struggle. So, it, to you know, Mike's credit and the defense's credit, you know, he's able to get a win versus an SEC uh, team. Um, you know, with a defensive win, you know, I think a couple of years ago, I'm thinking it was the UCLA game it was kind of a, yeah. you know, they outscored UCLA, but to win in that type of game against an SEC team and a defensive struggle, I mean that. That builds so much confidence for your team and your defense. And like I said, offensively, the last two weeks, I mean, they've been juggernauts. And so I think they've been playing well. Yeah, speaking of the defense, new defensive coordinator, Adam Fuller, has really come in and kind of brought a different mentality to the defense. They they came in and they said he's going to be aggressive. They're going to get out to the quarterback. And you've, you've really seen that through, through the first three games. And that's kind of always been kind of the Achilles heel of this team. We always talk about, how dynamic the offense is, uh, but the defense is definitely taking a step forward this year. Uh, but real, real quickly, I mean, I mean, every time they play against Navy, it's always a battle. That triple option is always a beast for anyone to prepare for. Both teams coming off a bye week, so I'm sure both teams have that extra time to, to kind of prepare each other for, for each other there. But before we get out of here, I want to get your thoughts on, on the league as a whole. I think uh, if you look at it, I think it's, it's very competitive. I mean, even for some teams that people thought coming into the year might not play that well, uh, I mean, you look at SMU, uh, I think it's much improved. Tulane is, is playing really well right now. Uh, even Tulsa, even though they might not have the win, they played really well against Oklahoma State last week. I think top to bottom, this league is really solid. What are, what are your thoughts on, on the league overall so far? No, I agree with you exactly. I, top to bottom, it's a, I feel it's as good a league as there is in the country. Uh, you look at a team like Temple that basically sh- – yeah. you know, shut down a juggernaut in the offense of Maryland. I mean, Maryland was like averaging 60 points a game. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they and Temple played well. And obviously UCF, you know, all that they're doing. I mean, and all the teams that you mentioned. And, you know, not to mention, I mean, you got Memphis going and beating, you know, an SEC team. Um, you know, Cincinnati uh, early on beating, a you know, a Pac-12 team. Uh, they're just, I mean, there's a lot of good teams. I and I know eventually Houston is going to get it going. You know they're, yeah. you know, they've they've, yeah, they've had a tough schedule. schedule. I mean, really, they've had a brutal schedule to start things off with. So, it's it's a really good league, guys, uh, top to bottom. 
It is, man. I, I, I just hate how it doesn't always get the credit it deserves. Uh, if people talk about the, the power six, and a lot of people make a lot of people make fun of that mantra, but I think I think that's a, a serious thing. I think the AAC is right there with with a lot of leagues in, in the so so called power five. So it's going to be interesting to watch and interesting to play out. But I always enjoy when when Memphis Navy get together again. It's that old school fast mouth football and uh, like like I said, man, Navy, you guys are going to line up and, and do what you do, and you just got to got to try to stop it. So it should be a great game. It should be a great atmosphere next Thursday out of the Liberty Bowl, 7 p.m. on ESPN. I, I know it's busy, busy time for you. So thanks, Coach, for, for carving out a little time for us here on CSR Live. Okay, thank you, Isaac. You take care. No problem. Take care. See you over at the Liberty Bye, Bowl brother. next Thursday. Coach Ken Neobatololo, uh, Navy Midship and head coach, joining me here on CSR Live. Kind of a, a weird intro there. I apologize for that. I some technical difficulties going on. And I'm sure you can tell that my voice, I'm a little bit under the weather, as Coach Ken seemed to be as well. Uh, both of us kind of kind of struggling through it there. But I, I really, really uh, thank him for, for taking a little time out. I know it's an important day for him. I mean, important, important busy time for him, I mean to say. Uh, but I thank him for joining me here on TSR Live. But, again, uh, Memphis has not had a lot of success in this series. I mean, you look at, over the time, Memphis is one in three against uh, the Navy Midship, and you go – Back to that game last year, which I always talk about is one that still hunts me. Memphis should have won that game. I mean, they lined up and just ran the ball down the throat in the first half. Um, the, the rain came, and it was kind of kind of hard. Maybe they stopped, stacked the box against the run. Uh, Brady White was forced to throw the ball down the field. Uh, struggled there. Some, I, I think some coaching mistakes late in the game. They all characteristic mistakes from the, from the coaching staff. And Memphis went on to drop that one up in, the, up in Annapolis. Uh, so it was a, a tough day there, but you look at this game, I think this one sets up well for Memphis. Uh, last time they played them at home, Memphis did get the win. And you, you look, and I talked about this, this improved defense, what that mindset that Adam Fuller has brought uh, with them to, to this team. I think it's going to give Memphis an advantage. I, I think they're having a week off. I think, and I think Brian asked this question on our, our last podcast on, on Sunday uh, about who do you – or it could have been Larry. I think it was Larry that asked, "What when you look look at this game? Who the, the week off? Who does who does that give the most advantage to? Do you think that helps Navy the most, and it helps, or does it help Memphis? And I think with Navy running that unorthodox uh, style of play with the triple option, I think it helps Memphis the most. Um, I, I think you give Adam Fuller and his defense extra time to to prepare for that. I think if it was a a game where you didn't have the week off, it was a little bit tougher to prepare for, even though I, I know that Mike Norvell and the staff have been thinking about this game all summer uh, because they always struggle against that option. So I'm sure this is not the first time they've, they've looked at this on, on, on film and, and prepared for it. But I think having an extra week is really going to help this defense key off. And, again, even though Navy has played well in their, their first couple games, uh, they, they have a lot of new guys, uh, a lot of moving parts. Now, you know, quarterback Malcolm Perry really – Really uh, had a big day uh, against Memphis last year, running running the football, and, and that's going to be something that you, you get. You got to keep that guy from from getting outside the pocket because he could really hurt you uh, with his legs. We know how much uh, they they run the quarterbacks in, within the triple option, so that's something that Memphis is really going to keep an eye on. Those linebackers really going to do a good job of uh, of keeping him honest and keeping him in the pocket. Um, it, it's best when you force them to throw the football. Uh, when you force them to throw the football downfield, I think that's that's to your advantage. Uh, the more they run, the tougher it is. Uh, but, again, it's a grueling, grueling style to play against, and this defense is going to have to be ready. But I think they will be ready. And 
I have Memphis winning this one. Um, it's a, a, a big-time AAC matchup, uh, AAC West matchup with big ramifications going forward. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I, I think this Navy team is, is better uh, than we kind of thought they would be coming to the season again with, with I think, only five starters on, on both sides of the ball returning. But that, that system, it, it's just it is what it is. So it's not like it's something that's hard to teach or, or, or really guys have to make big adjustments into. Um, you just line it up. You know they're going to run the football. They're going to block. And they're going to do all, all the things, the discipline things that they do. Um, so these guys will really come in, especially uh, on, the, on the defensive side of the football. I, I thought they would struggle, especially early. And they've looked fantastic. Uh, so far in, in their two games. Um, I know it was against Holy Cross in East Carolina, but uh, they've looked good. But I think we're going to find out about both of these teams, a lot about both of these teams on next Thursday night. Uh, I think if Memphis can get this win and, and move to 4-0, uh, I think they'd be in good shape going forward to, to travel the next week to Louisiana Monroe, which is another game that you expect to win. So you'd be looking at 5-0 and going into a tough, tough game at Temple. Uh, going into the season, uh, my prediction, I predicted Memphis to go 11-1. and Now, I, I don't feel so good about that prediction now, but the game that I had them losing was at Temple. I think that's a tough one. It's a long trip up to the East Coast. Kind of a, a weird deal that they play in Lincoln Financial, and it's kind of a half-empty stadium, so not much of an atmosphere there. So it's kind of a weird deal, and we know Temple's going to play really well defensively. Uh, Coach Ken and Matalolo talked about what they did against Maryland and the way they shut them down with Maryland scoring 60, 70 points in the first couple of games. So that Temple team is serious, um, and I knew that going into the season. They're always going to have great linebackers, always going to be tough defensively. Uh, you never have to worry about that about a Temple team. So I, I think that's going to be a tough game, but we'll talk about that one in a couple of weeks. But if Memphis can get this win next week, I think they'll be 5-0 and and, and going up to Philly uh, with a chance to become bowl eligible um, in, in that game. So that that's definitely – Definitely going to be something that we're going to talk about down the line, and we'll talk more about this Memphis Navy game on Sunday at 8 p.m. on a TSR Live episode 110 coming to you at 8 p.m. with Brian Moss, Larry Molly, and myself. We'll break down this matchup more in depth uh, and, and get you ready for next week's action. But that transitions me to my next question, or my, my, my next thoughts. Uh, let's take a look around the AAC at, at this week's game. I think it's a tremendous slate. Uh, it's an opportunity for the AAC to really make a statement. Um, and it starts off tonight uh, with a big game, a big uh, inter-AAC game, as uh, one and two Houston, who ha- has a, had a tough schedule. Uh, don't don't let that one and two fool you. They opened up at Oklahoma. They get the win at Prairie View A&M. They play Washington State. Uh, so that, that's a tough, tough opening schedule. They're one and two, but I think that they're much better than that, that sounds. And they'll travel to take on two and one, two lanes, 7 p.m. This game's going to be on ESPNU tonight. Tulane is a five-point favorite, and I think this is a big spot for Tulane. Uh, we talked about Tulane and, and how Willie Fritz has them playing down there and how much improved they are, but they still haven't really won that big game yet, and they have an opportunity here tonight. I mean, be a five-point favorite at home against Houston. This is a spot that they're not really used to being in. I mean, I know they beat Memphis last year. They, I think they kind of caught Memphis in a in a spot where Memphis was kind of reeling and, and working through some things. I think that was more of an anomaly, but this now people are really taking them seriously. Uh, this two about this two lane team and and how good they can be. And I think they got a, time, a chance to prove that to the nation on national television tonight on ESPU. ESPNU again, they're a five point favorite. I'm going to go with Tulane. I think Tulane gets it done at home, and Houston's going to be sitting there one and three, and uh, that's a tough spot. Uh, I, I still think they come back and 
and, and, and make noise and, and make this a, a, the division on that side of the division in the AAC West uh, uh, competition with Memphis. Uh, but, but just a tough early start to the season, and I think they fall to one and three tonight. I think the Green Wave wins this one at home. Uh, moving on to Saturday. Sorry, man, I'm just really, really struggling right now, man. I got a sinus infection. It's, it's real nasty. Uh, not not going to talk about that, go in depth with that here, but kind of struggling through that, so so bear with me. Uh, on Saturday, one and one UConn is at two and one Indiana. Again, every time I talk about a, a UConn game, why don't they just fold up football? I'm glad they're leaving the conference. Uh, they offer nothing in football. It's one of the first worst football teams I, I've ever seen. I mean, I think there's some high school here in Memphis that get that line up and get them problems. Uh, just just joking. I know that's not going to happen, but am I joking? Uh, <laughs> They're, they're, they're that bad, but I think Indiana is a 27-and-a-half-point favorite. Again, this is a 11 a.m. on Saturday on the Big Ten Network. I, I actually think Indiana covers that one uh, no problem. Uh, sounds like a big number, but UConn is that bad of a football team. Indiana rolls at home in that one. Now, this is kind of an interesting one. 15-ranked uh, 3-0 and UCF at 1-2 Pittsburgh. That's 2.30 p.m. on, on ABC. Uh, now, you look at this Pittsburgh team, they're 1-2, but they – they only lost by seven um, at Penn State last week. Uh, UCF just just killed Stanford. Um, and I think – I thought coming into this season, I thought, know a lot of other people did as well, that uh, UCF had kept, would, would kind of lose a step, uh, drop down a little bit this season. Um, and, and I've kind of predicted them every week to get upset, and they maybe look like a fool every week. But I'm going to stick with that trend again, man, that, uh, the long trip up the East Coast. To Pittsburgh, I know Pittsburgh's one and two. UCF is a twelve and a half point favorite. I'm gonna go with the upset. Uh, I think Pitt gets it done. Uh, it might be more of my, just kind of my going with my heart versus with, with my mind. But I, I think Pittsburgh gets the upset. I've been going with the upset over UCF every week, so I'm gonna stick with that here. And I think Pittsburgh gets the upset, even despite UCF being a double digit favorite. I think going up there, long trip on the road. Uh, again, that game two thirty p.m. ABC. I think Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Gives them their first loss. Three and O SMU at twenty fifth ranked. Two and O TCU two thirty p.m. on FS one. TCU is a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, I, I really like what what Sonny Dykes is doing with that offense down there at SMU. I think they're they're much improved. I, I think they're going to be a factor um, in the AAC West. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a a, a a close game. Um, again, the line is TCU nine and a half. I think they're going to give TCU some problems early, but I think that their depth and their talent went out in the end with them being at home. And I think they'll pull away, but I can see this being a game where TCU doesn't cover. I think uh, SMU makes this six, seven point game, but I'm going to go with TCU for the win. <laughs> Excuse me. Three and oh, Wyoming uh, at one and two Tulsa, two thirty PM CBS sports network. Tulsa is a three and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, it kind of surprises me. Um, Wyoming would have, would a big win at home over Mizzou. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I've watched that Wyoming team a little bit, and they're pretty good. Shout out to my guy, uh, Memphis Tiger basketball player, uh, PA announcer Jeff Mack, man. He's a he's a Wyoming fan, and, and, and this one is for him, man. I'm going with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys go into Tulsa and, and, and get that slight upset. Tulsa, again, three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go with the Wyoming to stay undefeated, move to 4-0, and and they will knock off the Tulsa, Tulsa Garden Hurricanes on the road. Uh, two and O Temple at one and two Buffalo, two thirty p.m. Uh, ESPNU. Uh, Temple is a thirteen and a half point favorite. Not a lot to say about this one. That Temple team defensively uh, is 
wreaking havoc out there. And I think, I mean, I, I think going on the road again, the 13 and a half point favorite, I don't think this will be much problem for Temple. I think they get the win and move to three, three and oh, final game on the AAC slate this week is two and one William and Mary at one and two ECU 5 PM on ESPN three ECU 12 and a half point favorites. Obviously not a lot to say about this one. I think ECU gets their second victory of the season, moving to 500 at two and two. So that's this week's, AAC slate, which is going to be extremely interesting. Excited to to to, to see some of these games, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. But it, a couple of several opportunities here for the AAC to come out and make a statement. Again, thanks, special thanks to Kia Niamh Lolo for joining me here on TSR Live. I know it's a busy time for him, but it's going to be an exciting game next Thursday. We're going to talk a lot more about that again with Brian Moss, Larry Molly, and myself Sunday evening, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, just follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. I have no more information on You can check that out live. If you join this program late, man, you can go over to iTunes, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app, search Tiger Sports Report, and you. And about 15 minutes after the show, this episode will be archived there as well as all our previous podcasts, so check that out. Yeah, you can follow Brian on Twitter, the founder and editor of our great website, Brian Moss, you can find him on Twitter at Rivals B Boss, R I V A L S, the letter B M O S S. Uh, also, my man Mitch Davis, you can find him on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight, M I T C H D A V I S underscore eight. Also, Larry Marley, uh, you can find him on Twitter at, on Twitter at Cub Tigers Grizz. And of course, you can find me on Twitter, I S A A C underscore Rivals. Man, thanks everybody for joining me. And as always, go Tigers, and we'll talk to you. Sunday night at 8.